You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. It's Thursday, 22 February. NVIDIA results last night. Earnings per share, $5.15 versus the $4.60 expected. Outlook sees revenue growth only plus 2%, stock plus 8% in after hours. I'm Simon Brown coming at you live and loud from a remote studio in Durbanville. On the show today, some Tabele Bopela. She, of course, from FB Wealth and Investments. The SPA results, are they starting to get things right? That, that SAP rollout implementation in KZN is still lingering. But what about aside from that? We're chatting with Bitcorp CEO David Cleesby. Results, strong gains for the year, particularly in Europe. And then Jeff Miller from Grovest. They've got a 12B green energy fund that takes benefit of that 125% tax rebate on renewable energy installation. And they're launching a second round of funding. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb buried in the budget news was inflation picked up in January up to 5.3%. This from 5.1% in December expected had been 54 Business day, budget injection of $150 billion, a debt reprieve. That profits on the foreign reserves gives budget some breathing room, uh, but taxpayers will not get relief from the bracket creep. We spoke with Viv Govender a couple of weeks ago around that. Morning markets, US was mixed, S&P up. 0.1%, and the NASDAQ off 0.4%. In the east, mostly green. We've got Sydney up a third of a percent, Tokyo up 1.7%, Hong Kong 0.2% higher, while Tencent is off a tenth of a percent. Commodities, mostly red. Gold, 2037. Brent is higher at 83.13. Platinum, 893. Palladium, 963. Rand, 1892. Bitcoin, 51,500 and top 40 opening call looking for a green open 110 points or almost 0.2% higher. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Turning now with uh, Simtabeli Bopela, investment research analyst at FMB Wealth and Investments. Simtabeli, appreciate the time this morning. The SPA results, I mean, overall, uh, revenue up 9.3%, uh, tough conditions. Uh, KZN still struggling. Uh, liquor sales really good, up 127 What are you making of these numbers? Um, and in particular, of course, they've got some, some European operations as well. Uh, waiting for some tabella. The European operations are, of course, uh, Switzerland, uh, Poland, they are looking to sell. Uh, they've announced that they're in negotiations, haven't got anything going there. And then Ireland and Southwest England, uh, that was a solid 19.1% uh, growth in Inza, which uh, was a fairly good number, all things considered. You've got to say, it, it perhaps more than anything, it does come back to that SAP uh, implementation. Pharmaceutical sales, strong, up 11.6%. Uh, Builded sales flat, uh, notwithstanding fairly challenging conditions. And that's not bad if we look at what we're seeing from the likes of Itotal uh, and wholesale groceries, grocery sales, 5.1% higher. Uh, private label and online sales doing especially stronger. Uh, but, but it was a, it's a tough period out there. Although if we contrast this to pick and pay, 
they really under the cosh. Uh, and if we tr uh, look at ShopRite, ShopRite doing really, really well. So it really is a, a, a mixed bag of the food retailers as we see it at this point in time. The market took a, a, a bit of a sanguine view, but perhaps the budget was the biggest story. Some to really appreciate to get you on the line. What's your taking of, of, of the SPA results overall? Tough trading conditions, uh, SAP and KZN still lingering. Uh, your thoughts on, on, on valuations here? Hi, Simon. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so, you know, group sales increased 19.3%, um, which was ahead of what the market was expecting for the full year at least. So quite a resilient mm. performance, but, you know, consensus has been pretty neutral on the name, and we're more or less in line here because of the operational and the balance sheet issues that they've been facing with challenging trading conditions and the general consumer environment, you know, what's with consumers dealing with higher cost of living, you know, driven by, you know, higher food price inflation, higher interest rates, fuel and energy costs and the like, um, which have, you know, as well as continued load shedding have um, exacerbated those um, headline challenges for the group. Um, so in line with that, you know, the update does reflect weak SA supermarket revenue growth, while the international market looked stronger, um, but that, a lot of that was on the back of weaker local currency, which helped ease the decline there. Um, the growth in the Southern African operations, I think, so it's slowed down from the full year, particularly considering the, you know, the, the, the con contribution of the festive season trade mm. to those numbers. Um, but in any case, you know, the growth was driven by the inflation, which means volumes likely remained under pressure. We saw the same for shop price and the interim numbers negatively impacted for spot specifically by the in infamous SAP system you know, which now they've said, you know, is suboptimally predicting demand and managing stock availability for them. And so I think that definitely has been the, a, a huge sore for them and, and still, still is really the, the, the SAP implementation. Um, they've experienced major disruptions to their supply chain, you know, costs and lead time disruptions um, and the like. And so... You know, they've mentioned that while it's not up and running, it's not yet enabling them operationally as desired or as intended, which is in turn impacting margin and exaggerated or, or rather, um, yeah, exaggerating costs for, for the region. And so I think, yeah, definitely, you know, um, they have stabilized the implementation uh, of the KZN DC, seemingly figured out what went wrong and how not to do that again, hopefully ever again. But again, the fact that the system remains optimal a year later is quite not encouraging. Um, yeah, to your and, point, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's been a horror year. If we contrast, I mean, spa, pick and pay, ShopRite, my senses, I mean, valuations aside, uh, ShopRite still seems to be the one who is managing best in what is tough conditions. I mean, it's, it's consumers under pressure, it's, it's load pressure, load shedding, it's, it's, it's challenges at the port. Operationally, uh, uh, ShopRite still seems to be the one ahead? They definitely are. I mean, I think they, they positioned and going into, you know, the pandemic, coming out of the pandemic, uh, getting hit by load shedding, the, the more intense load shedding that we saw over the past couple of years, they were able to, they were more agile in terms of responding to the mm. changing market that uh, dynamics. And so that really was supportive of them. Cash flows were quite strong, supporting their ability to, you know, um, be able to, to, to switch over to alternative energy generation methods. Burning diesel is very expensive and we saw the impact across 
the sector that they were able to take on that cost, take it on the chin and keep keep moving. So I think definitely there's been a, a clear winner in the sector, uh, justifies, which justifies their quite you know, expensive valuation at this level. Yeah, I take the point, expensive valuation, and that diesel is, what, 100 million a month, but uh, at least it keeps them going and operating. We'll leave it there. Some to believe Bopela, investment research analyst at FMB Wealth and Investments. Appreciate the early morning, and that's our poll today on LinkedIn and Twitter. Are you holding spa? Are you looking for a recovery? What's your take here? Certainly, Checkers operationally seems better, but yo, that valuation is eye-watering. Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and Twitter. Your money gives a damn. If it could protest and sign petitions, your money would. But your money can do more than that. When you invest in Stanlib's Infrastructure Investment Fund, beyond getting solid returns, you are helping to build a more sustainable future through job creation and positive economic growth. Damn right you are. Invest for more impact at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. Checking now with uh, Bitcorp CFO David Cleesby. Uh, results for six months ending December revenue up 24%. Headline earnings per share up 18.6%. And the dividend up 19.3% at 5 Rand 25. That, of course, an interim dividend. David, appreciate the early morning. A, a really strong set of numbers, uh, especially strong in, in Europe. How much of, of the business is, is, is Europe? And, and I suppose we would put the UK into that bucket as well. Yeah, morning. Um, Europe's about 35% of the business. Uh, the UK around about 25. So, you know, that region okay. is a is a key region for us. And um, yeah, generally Europe has done fantastically. Um, and the UK has had a few issues. Now, challenging in the UK. We look, South Africa did fairly well as well, which, you know, considering the challenges in South Africa, which be, you know, logistic issues, uh, uh, power issues, consumers under under pressure, South Africa is holding its own in, in what must be uh, really trying uh, uh, trading conditions. Yeah, the businesses uh, we, we've got delivered a fantastic result. Um, and as you said, it's a very, very challenging environment. Um, and, you know, but I think it goes to the resilience of the of the management and the, and the team mm-hmm. that are out there in terms of being able to work around some of these issues. Some of them you can't yeah. work around, like logistics, because there's obviously mm-hmm. a monopoly and um, you know, that, uh, whatever goes through the port is controlled by the state. Yeah, no, and, and I, I take the point. I mean, when we chat, there's always that uh, going back to the teams and how they, how it's sort of the teams on the ground who really make it work. China was struggling, and, and this is a, a common theme we've seen from companies operating in China, expecting a, a post-lockdown boom, which hasn't materialized really at all in China. Yeah, we didn't see the bounce that we'd seen in, in almost every other business around the world. Um, so I think there's been a there is a lack of confidence in the consumer there, um, you know, and it it I suppose goes to the the, the overall macro. Um, I think people it is much tougher. We've obviously got a big business in Hong Kong as well, um, and that suffered from a big exodus of people. Well, firstly, tourism not really coming in, and then a big exodus of people, you know, when having the ability to take holidays and get out um, took advantage <laughs> of that. 
Okay, a fair point on that. Operationally, how's inflation? I mean, certainly uh, around the world, in- inflation is coming down. There seems to be a bit of lag in the, the food space. Uh, but are you seeing the, the, the decrease in inflation and, 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 and finding that a, an easier environment in, in, in this period? Well, it's getting easier. I mean, the rates of inflation, certainly as we measure it, it's around about 5.5%. But that's against mm-hmm. a year ago when it was around 15.5%. So it is getting a more normalized, I guess, environment. Um, it is still tracking higher than what we would call general inflation um, around the world. So, yeah, I think, you know, hopefully it's... I, I don't think it's going to get down to the noughts, um, and I don't think mm-hmm. there's going to be deflation because there's still quite a lot of cost push in many aspects of, of the cost base, um, not only ours, but just broadly around the world. And labor, obviously, from our perspective, is a big component, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, labor costs aren't going backwards. I take a point on that. You talk around cost pressures. I mean, Red Sea disruptions. I, I, I mean, is that impacting your 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 operations at all? I mean, certainly supply chains have been, you know, over the pandemic period were were extreme challenges. Is the Red Sea a challenge for you, for, for your operations? Well, I think it's a temporary challenge. I think people work around it, I and mean, it's not as if it's the only route around, but it does add mm-hmm. to the cost. And you, you've seen that in and the cost of container rates in terms of, you know, product moving through there and having a potentially or often having to go around the, the Cape. So mm-hmm. it does add to the cost base, but, you know, I think the, the, there's an alternative and, and people work it out. And, you know, I think the efficiency over time comes back into the system. So it's a temporary challenge, um, but, uh, you know, we have to work around it. And uh, it's not as if there's, there's no alternative. There's an alternative, just going to cost a little bit more for, for a period yeah. of time. And to your point, it, it will work its way uh, through the system of time. Margins, when we chatted six months ago, which would have been the full year results, you were talking about taking some margin compression, not significant numbers, but a, a little bit of margin compression to to, to secure sort of new contracts and the like. Is, is that still an experience you're seeing in, in, in Bitcorp? Well, I think, you know, it's a trading business. So the, the, the people at the coalface are making day-to-day decisions whether they need to maintain volumes of a particular customer and trade mm-hmm. away a bit of margin or, or hold the margin. So, you know, we're going to get a little bit of, of movement at the, <laughs> let me say, at the margin of our, our margin. But, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, it's a trading business. So you've got to work with, with the environment that we, we're in. And, you know, and now with, with things getting, you know, food still being quite expensive, people are having to make decisions as to trade maybe a little bit away and, and maintain volume. So it's a day-to-day decision, and you know you can't have a fixed, fixed view on it. You know every day. I mean, you have to. We, we trade, and, and and we have to make the best of, of what we see in front of us. And this comes back to, in a sense, part of the Bidcorp DNA. And you, you mentioned uh, uh, the, the 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 people on the ground a moment ago. I mean, the, this really is the, the the way that 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 Bidcorp manages. You've got those entrepreneurs on the ground, and and they're making the decisions, which are you know in, in the best decision of the of the of of their operation. And 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 you leave them to manage that. To your point, it, it's trading that they know what's happening on the ground. Yeah, it goes to the core of how, how you know, we operate, we decentralize, and we encourage the entrepreneurial spirit, you know, in the management teams. And, you know, if you look back over the last many, many years, going into COVID, they traded well, and, and you know, they, yes, the markets got very tough, but they, they traded as best as they could. And coming out, we've seen the, the, the best of, of that, I suppose, skill and experience, you know, bouncing back, and, and uh, <clears throat> we see that in the big core results. We'll leave that there. That's Bitcoin CFO David. Please be appreciate the early morning.
When you stay invested over time in Stanlib's Global Multi-Strategy Diversified Growth Fund, your money's in for some smooth sailing. With our global partners, JP Morgan Asset Management at the helm, your money can withstand the pressure and bad weather day-to-day -day market conditions cause. All aboard? Seek more returns at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. I'm chatting with Jeff Miller, CEO of Growvest. Jeff, appreciate the time. Uh, your 12B Green Energy Fund, you had a fund one that is closed. You're now launching fund two. If I understand, this is the 125% rebate on renewable energy assets that you're utilizing that came into effect last year after the budget from the minister in, in, back in February. Yeah, thanks, Salma. Thanks very much. Yes, so Growvest has successfully closed its first fund, which is the 12B Green Energy Fund, which allows investors to get the 125% on money invested uh, under the 12BA a section of the Income Tax Act. Mm -hmm. We've just recently now launched our Fund 2, and because of the success of our Fund 1, in other words, that we had it fully deployed and, and energy generating before 28th of February 24 this year, all investors will be able to get their full 125 on investment made. And that's the key point. I can do this as an individual, like I can do it as a, as, as a trust or, or even a pension fund, and I get that rebate in my tax year. Correct. So as long as the, the investment that you've made is generating electricity before mm -hmm. the end of the financial year. And in terms of 12BA, we've got two years until 28 February 25. But in order for investors to get the allowance this year, at the end of 28 February 24, we need to have generate started, you know, the projects need to have generated electricity, which they all are going to be doing. In terms of these funds, I mean, I imagine they're fairly long-term duration. This isn't going to happen overnight. Yeah, so this is a 10-year horizon, not to mm -hmm. say that any investor can get out at any time. Uh, if they get out within the first two years, there is a penalty because of the 125% tax allowance gotcha. and as SARS will uh, enforce a full rebate. But uh, we look at, a, you know, look at a, the horizon of 10 years of where after we then sell the paper onto an aggregator or pension fund or cash fund who will then buy the paper. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so that's the exit. Are there distributions during the period as it goes along? Because obviously at some point yes, it's now every, producing. Every year there's uh, two distributions. There's biannual distributions, one in March and one in September. Because this, these are contractual monthly cash flows. So it's yeah. very, very high cash yielding. So there's quite a lot of cash that we distribute back to the investor. And then because it's through an commodore partnership, the, the investor then pays the tax as and when required in terms of the the, the mm -hmm. tax at the end when they report to SARS. Is it fairly regular? I mean, my sense around energy infrastructure like this is that the the, the income is, is almost predictable. Once it's up and running, whether it be a wind farm, a solar farm, whatever it is, th that income stream on it is going to be relatively predictable. It's very, very predictable. The fund has obviously a diverse portfolio across numerous off-takers and different mm -hmm. geographies. So from a, a risk perspective, you want to limit what percentage one off-taker will be of the fund, which we've done quite nicely. But uh, generally, all things being equal, you know, you get your cash every single month and we distribute twice a year. 
you put out a, a note just recently because a lot of folks are probably looking at this and thinking, I like it, but then, heck, what about taking dollars offshore, rand weakness over the next decade? You ran some numbers and said that the sort of returns you can generate from this and helped by that 125% upfront, you could actually beat an offshore investment. Actually, quite right. When we did it, I was quite interested to see the results and quite interesting, the investment into the 12B fund is far better than actually uh, uh, investing, you know, to take your money offshore. Because if you take your money offshore, you have to first pay your tax. Here you are actually getting 125% benefit mm. on your full million rand if you had to invest a million rand. Uh, so you're getting the full, you're getting, uh, you know, 125,000 or 1.125 uh, uh, off your tax benefit, why if you had to take your money offshore, you only got a million less your 45%, so you only got 550 to take offshore. So that tax benefit, the 12BA, actually is a huge alpha, which helps uh, the return over a period of time. And we've been very conservative. We've assumed 7% uh, mm-hmm. annually on the bond. We've assumed that the rand depreciates 6.5% per annum. We, we assume that there's two distributions a year, but still, that uh, 12BA investment beats the bond of, by staring 84%. Yeah, I, I take your point. Of course, it's, it's, that, that money offshore is post-tax money. That's always the, the key thing. Uh, two last questions. Are there minimums for those looking to invest and, and, and deadline for, for, for applying? Yeah, so we, obviously you need to invest uh, before February 25th. It's on a first-come, mm-hmm. first-served basis. The minimum is 100,000 rand. Uh, so we are... Uh, as we fill up fund two, then we'll open up fund three. But uh, it's you know because of the fact that projects are allocated onto based on the energy generating basis, it's, mm. it's best that you're getting early. And so far, so good in terms of fund two. We've had a lot of interest, a lot of money has really started to flow. Notwithstanding that, they'd only get the benefit going forward. But we're very excited with uh, you know with, with the way things are looking out. Believe it, Jeff Miller, CEO of Grovest, appreciate the time. Dive deeper into the South African budget 2024 with MoneyWeb's exclusive webinar. Join industry titans including Deputy Minister of Finance, Dr. David Masondu, MoneyWeb editor, Rake van Niekerk, Annabel Bishop, Investex Chief Economist and Keith Engel, CEO of the SA Institute of Tax, as they decode Finance Minister Ino Godongwana's plans. Don't miss out on this critical discussion. Tune in on Thursday, the 22nd of February, from 11.15 a.m. to 12 p.m. Register now at moneyweb.co.za. That's it for today. We were chatting with Anton Esse yesterday. He, of course, CIO at 10X Investments. He was making a compelling case to say, hang on a second, we should reduce some U.S. exposures. Valuations are, are well ahead of, of underlying economic growth in the economy. Asked if you were cautious of US, U.S. returns over the next decade. Uh, over half of you said, yeah, a little bit. You absolutely are. Third said not at all. The rest were saying, yeah, very worried. Have your vote. Have your say. LinkedIn and Twitter. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider.
We're live every weekday morning, the Money Web website's in the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie Nubuchle, Nicole Musechle, to you for listening, my guests for their time. My name is Simon Brown. This is Money Web Now. If you're loving the show, please leave us a positive rating in your podcatcher of choice. And we'll chat again tomorrow, election volatility. And don't forget the Money Web budget webcast this morning at quarter past 11. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.